fun episode of the Talent Takeover Unfiltered. This is going to go into how do you get comfortable with having really difficult conversations? And this was inspired by one of our past episodes. We're like, we had to ferociously write it down. We're like, this is such a good topic. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I was going to say, I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> you just went right in there, but no, I'm doing great. This is, we've been recording this morning, had some good episodes. So I've got all this good energy. I know you do too. So I'm excited about this episode because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. So yes, if you want, you're eager, let's get right in there. Brianna. Well, but let's, let's not forget about what are you going to do at the end of the episode? I'm of course going to hit him with a broke to boss tip of the week. Of course, these, these guys know that these, these <laughs> listeners, I shouldn't say guys, these listeners know that, but yes, thank you for the reminder. And, um, as always guys, I feel like they're very informative. I would also love if you guys want to write us any broke to boss tips that you would recommend, Ooh. um, make sure you subscribe all that good shit, right. That we're yeah. supposed to say all that good fluffy shit. <laughs> I know, right? Let's get let's get the fluff going. And also, if you didn't know, we are recording live. You get to see these beautiful faces on YouTube on the Millionaire Recruiter channel. So don't forget to check that out. It's beautiful um, so Botox faces. <laughs> I just got mine fixed. Thank God. <laughs> All right, right. What did you have to get episode. fixed? No, people what want to hear. What did you have to get fixed? One of my eyebrows. And by the way, uh, someone <laughs> Millionaire Recruiter noticed and they're like, I can't not focus on your Botox. I'm like, I'm getting it fixed, people. <laughs> oh my God. You have to create a video, a PSA, like just so all you motherfuckers know, I'm getting my eyebrow fixed. I don't want to hear about it again. That's fucking <laughs> hilarious. I know. Don't you think I'm crying about this? Oh, little internet trolls. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say trolls. People that take the time to say shit like that just blow my mind. Like, who cares? Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. I just want to quickly talk about our sponsor who has been helping thousands of us recruiters automate and simplify recruitment. Let's say hello to Recruit CRM, currently trusted by recruitment agencies across over 80 countries globally, which is nuts. Recruit CRM is also the highest rated recruitment software across all review boards. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. It's ATS it's plus a CRM that lets you automate all those manual tasks that us recruiters absolutely hate. We hate admin work. It takes too much time. So if you are juggling between interviews to schedule, candidates to screen, and resumes that just keep piling up, we definitely recommend that you try Recruit CRM. Let the system do the heavy lifting and save time for all the cool things you want to go do in life. Like, let's make some money. So let's learn more about this amazing ATS plus CRM. Check out RecruitCRM.io. You can start a free trial or even book a demo with one of their execs at your convenience. So I must repeat, head on over to RecruitCRM.io today. Anyways, right. so let's get right into it. I'd love to know, like, how do you get comfortable or how did you get comfortable or was there a moment, but getting comfortable having difficult conversations? Talk Actually, to me a little bit about that. I'm going to show them. See this pen here? 
pen insert here. <laughs> I am not joking. <laughs> so, so inserting the, 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 I have this pen that I, first of all, I'm a fidgeter, right? So like, that's me too. so I'm always holding something, uh, but whenever I'm having a difficult conversation or one where like, I need to calm my shit or I'm nervous or whatever, I, for some reason put this pen in like the palm of my hand and it like must trigger something like the reflexology kind of thing. It must trigger me to calm the fuck down because it works every single time. And I know, you know that's, that's so weird. No, what I was going to say, what's, it's hilarious to me that I've actually noticed that about you, about with the hand thing. Cause usually whenever we're talking, it's Google meets, you're kind of further away. And yeah. so I can see, so there's two things I've noticed. You do the hand thing and then you set back like this on one side on one yeah. arm. <laughs> Ask Isa. Ask Isa. It's like, we picked up on these things and getting to know you like we have, which I feel like has been really well this last year. I'm like, that's interesting because we all have our little, like, what are they called when you're playing poker? Tells or something? Oh, yeah. Like our little, like, where we can tell what your emotions are in that moment. And so, um, yeah, but interesting that you use a pen and stab your hand um, as yeah. a way to cope through the difficult conversations. Um, I would say that getting comfortable having difficult conversations for me has just been having them more frequently you know? And I would say one of the biggest things that, that I had to get over very early on because I, I became a manager like very, very early on in my career. And I had to just get, I had to do them more frequently. And I had to just get over. Not everybody's going to like you, you know, when you have to deliver difficult mm. news and you're not the cheerleader and you're not the, like, you know, everybody's friend and you, you have to be the manager, right? There's always going to be people that you have to hold accountable. I mean, you have to hold everyone accountable, but people that aren't doing their job, there's, it's inevitable that if you're a manager, business owner, you're going to have to have difficult conversations. And so it's one of those things that it's like, I it may never get easy firing people, letting people go. I don't think that anybody should ever view those things as easy. Or I feel like, what are you as a human being? If that gets easy, but having the difficult conversations, I feel like my perspective has completely changed on that. Uh, and I was actually talking to um, Jessica about this yesterday because I kind of talked her through some of our episodes. And I'm like, you know, I just I had to get over like people aren't going to like me. That's just even though they're not doing their job and you're trying to hold them accountable, people just aren't going to like you when you try to hold them accountable. And I think that's one thing that everybody's just got to get over is that you're not going to be you're not going to be liked all the time when you have to have those difficult conversations. So how do you get over that when that's kind of ingrained in us since we're like in preschool, you know, go make friends, everybody be friends with everybody. Like how, how do you get over that? Is that, was that a thing you got over in business? Did you like realize that in high school? Like what was like, talk me through that. I can compartmentalize. I feel like really, really well. Um, and I feel like, you know, even the friendships I've developed at work, like some of my closest friends are people that we work with, but they know when it comes to work, it's work for me. So it's, I just have always told myself like, it's not personal, it's business. It's not personal, it's business. And I will tell myself that even to this day, because like you said, in one of our previous episodes, it's so easy to, you know, in theory, you shouldn't attach emotion to business, but it's easy to, you know, and if you care, you're going to. Um, but that's one of the things that's, it's not personal, it's business. And I really have been able to like, even apply that to my own self and take a step back with decisions that have been made with regards to me throughout my career. And maybe at that time took it personal and then realized like years later, months later, whatever that had nothing to fucking do with me. And that was everything like in the best interest of the business. And, and I'm able just to see it with a different lens. And I also feel like working here too, um, has just given me 
a different level of exposure to just all kinds of things. Like as, as we both know, I don't really have a lane. I'm kind of like all over the place. And I, that exposure has given me, um, it's just given me a different perspective than I originally had had, you know, I'm able to like really compartmentalize and really understand my own weaknesses, my own strengths and like, you know, self-reflect a lot more. And so I feel like that's one of the things that it's like, people can give me feedback. My reason for saying that is that people can give me feedback that I'm like, okay, that's fair. That makes sense. I may not love it. It may not feel good. It may not sound good. It may not be um, something I want to hear. And it may, it may make me emotional later, but it can always make business sense to me if it makes business sense to me. And I know that makes no sense, but it, like, if it's a business decision, I can wrap my head around it. If it's something truly just like personal, obviously, you know, that's kind of hard because personal, personal does impact business. We all know it as much as yeah. it's not supposed to, it does. And I feel like that's where I get more frustrated than anything is like when the personal affects the business, that's probably where I feel like conversations for me can get difficult when people can't compartmentalize that this is business. It's not personal, you know? Mm, yeah. I like that. So I have uh, what I call my box. <laughs> Don't get dirty on me, <laughs> but uh, no, like, you set me up all the time for these. And I just have to like, we'll be on calls guys. And I'm like this just cause I'm dying laughing. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. Um, no, like, so in my head, so it's the same thing. Like I compartmentalize, but like, I'm like, well, got to put that back there and lock it up. And I don't need to hear about that again. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I think throughout, um, just my life and my career in general, like it gets pretty heavy in that box that I locked, you know? And so it's like, uh, are, sometimes you have to unlock it and unleash and let it all out. Um, and have those moments where, I don't know, you're, going boxing, you're, you're crying, you're whatever you're doing. Cause it has to go somewhere. Otherwise you're going to explode. Yeah. And to your point, I think when, to start how we started this episode, you asking me like, is that something I learned? Is that, is that how I've always been? I mean, my dad, if he listens, if he even knows what I fucking do for a living, you know what I mean? Like after all this time, I mean, you know, who knows? Another episode. Yeah. Like, but, um, he, you know, this is just, we're very assertive people. We just always are and have always been. That doesn't mean that I'm not a very emotional and empathetic person and don't get my feelings hurt and all of that stuff. But I actually just always been really direct with people because that's what I want. I would, I, I that's been my management style. That's been my approach to management. Um, like I said, I got promoted very early on and didn't really have I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And so throughout all these years, I've figured out what my management style is like on my own, which I think each person has to do. I think you can get a mentor or a coach or somebody that can help guide you to find your style. But at the end of the day, your style is going to be your style. And um, I think also to my perspective on what a difficult conversation is, has shifted too. you know, as I get further and further in my career, the more conversations like that could be perceived as difficult. I have to have, um, I don't really view them all the time as difficult conversations, although I know maybe the person on the other end does, like if it's a performance conversation or if it's, um, I'll give you an example and I won't use any names, um, but there, and you know this example, there was an individual who was in a role whenever I got here, who I could just tell wasn't, it wasn't the role for her, didn't really enjoy it, didn't really enjoy it. It was a manager role. She was an amazing IC, amazing at what she does, but didn't really enjoy um, being a manager. And I could tell, you know, once you've been a manager for as long as I have and managed people for as long as I have and had to get to know people as well as I have, like, I, I feel like I could pick up on that very quickly. And so, um, you know, I, 
I moved her out of that role. And I say moved, she says demotion, but I just think it's, again, it's perspective, but she actually ended up, you know, moved her out of that role. She went in and was working with a client, getting back to what she loved to do and feeling those, those wins that you've talked about, like feeling that the production, you're getting those wins, you're getting candidates hired. And I was like, I promise you'll thank me for it. And then sure shit, you know, she came around and she's like, I see why you did that, you know? And so at the time, I know that felt like a really difficult conversation for her. And, but I knew that wasn't what she wanted to be doing or needed to be doing. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes in different businesses, and this is like, this is truly the only place that I've ever worked at where this hasn't been the case. You typically like there's one ladder that you climb and typically to get to the top of it, it's becoming a manager. You know, you can't really be an IC and grow further and further in your career like you can here. And, you know, kudos to you because you've given us all this unique opportunity to grow this way and grow this way. And it's, it's really cool. It's very, it's unlike anything in any org I've ever experienced. Um, but yeah, so I think that she thought, you know, I need to be in that role. Like, that's just what you do. Um, and there was a gap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a gap that needed to be filled, you know, so she filled it and, you know, team players did what she needed to do, but you can just tell when somebody doesn't enjoy their job and really isn't like, they just, it just, you can tell when you've managed people this long. So anyways, like I said, she could have perceived that and probably did. And and I know she did at the time it was a difficult conversation, but I knew we would get to the end state that we got to, because again, you could just tell when somebody's not happy in their job and yeah. So I'll the way talking. that, yeah. <laughs> so the way that you actually made that a comfortable conversation for you is you knew the end state, you knew your intention. Yeah. Yeah. I knew my end state. I knew my intention and it's, it's not personal, it's business. And that wasn't personally making her happy in business either. You know, it was impacting both of her worlds. And so I think that like sometimes in just anything in life, myself included, we need an outsider's perspective to see things. And also I think too, you know, there's these moments and and you and I have had these where you're like, you've checked me because I'm too far in it. Like you're too far into something and you can't see what's actually there. You kind of see the narrative or what you've like, the story that you've told yourself or what's kind of, you can't really see like, here's what the facts are. You have to almost take a step back. And so I feel like having outsider perspective, um, because I, she, you know, was helping you build this business and, and, a lot going on. And it was like, there was just other areas that I felt like she could add so much value and did add so much value and would also be a lot happier because that actually like really does matter to me. I know it matters to you, people being happy and enjoying their jobs. I mean, we're with the people that we work with, even remotely, we talk to our coworkers more than we do our family. And in theory, when we were in office, we're in office sure. and around, you know, our coworkers more than our family. So I feel like I can kind of compartmentalize those as like a nice nasty, you know, it's like, I, it may feel nasty at first, but it really is like, this is, there's something better for you. And I promise your road to happiness is not this way. It's another path, your road to happiness, to success. And, um, yeah, I just really think that my advice to everybody to getting comfortable with having difficult conversations is have them. You say it all the time, like get comfortable being uncomfortable. So whatever that looks like for an individual, whatever that scenario is, if having difficult conversations is one of the things that makes you uncomfortable, you've got to do it and you've got to do it over and over again. Yeah. So I guess 
in order to help people out here, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I do that? Or what have I done better lately on having good um, conversations? Because I think whenever you have to have a difficult conversation, a lot of people like drag it out. Um, I think a lot mm -hmm. of people play it in their head. They yeah. forecast, they have this literally the same conversation with someone and they're kind of fighting with them. And like, they're like, they're catastrophizing. <laughs> I mean, like there's so many things that people do in order to one, avoid difficult conversations and two, just make it a bigger deal that it has to be. So something that I love that you touched on is like, you just get it over with. Like the moment it happens, boom, done. Like, cause if you draw it out even a day, it's like, it, it consumes you and you're triggered and you're not on your A game anymore. Well, and that makes it more difficult because you're not getting it over with. Like the tension or maybe anticipation or, you know, if somebody knows they're, cause we've experienced this, if somebody knows they're not performing and it's kind of on their radar, it's like prolonging a conversation is actually what I feel like makes it more difficult because of all, all the emotions that contribute to it. So mm -hmm. yeah, when it comes to like, you know, this about me, I'm a have the conversation person, like let's talk about it and then let's never, let's move the fuck on. But I'm one of those people and I've always been this way. Um, because of just the, how I grew up, but like, I have to have the conversation to move on. I don't like to sit and let things fester. I don't like to like lose sleep at night. I don't want to do that to anybody else. I don't want people to sit alone with their thoughts because I'm, you know, I've got anxiety. Um, and I'm an, I just, I'm an anxious person by nature. And I feel like the stories that I can create in my head of even a difficult conversation I'm going to have to have and what they're, response can be like the more I get in my head about it versus ripping the bandaid off, the worse it is. And like I said, that makes it more difficult. Like actually just confronting it head on before it's escalated to a point or snowballed to a point, or, mm -hmm. you know, as you've touched on in previous episodes, the resentment builds mm -hmm. it, that all makes it more difficult than it actually has to be. Yeah. So I think then in, I think what a lot of people do is they say that um, it's a difficult or they think, they think a difficult conversation is a, um, like a confrontation doesn't have to be a confrontation. It's just a conversation. Like this yep. is, this is okay. We're not going to die from this. It's not going to, we're not, again, our intentions is never to hurt feelings. So I think if you go into that, um, you'll become out stronger. Uh, I also read when I was very early on and, um, uh, building techies is I heard that essentially a leader is judged by how many difficult conversations they have a day. I was like, oh shit. Huh? <laughs> okay. That's what, you know, so I, I like, I kind of process that sometimes. And then to me, I'm thinking, okay, let's just not define it as a difficult conversation or a, co a confrontation. Let's just define it as this is what's going to move the needle. This is what's going to help me. This is what's going to help them. This is what's going to drive business. This is, I think we just have to rephrase it in our minds. Yeah. That's how you have well, it. And and difficult conversations, just for everybody listening, that's not just internal. I know that's the example that I use, but, um, you know, and, and this happened to me in my previous role quite often, it was difficult conversations with clients all the time. Like yeah. that is where, whatever you said, it really resonated with me. Like how many you're having a day, because uh, that was what I was doing was, you know, well, it's like, okay, well, you're our vendor. And it's like, we are the client. We say jump, you say how high. And that's not how I roll at all. You know, like this is a partnership. We will be treated like human mm -hmm. beings. You will respect us. We're, we respect you. You will give us the same respect. And I never shy away from having those conversations. And I will actually say my previous employer um, was really the one because I'd worked in those environments prior to that where the, you have to be like fearful of like, oh shit. We've had employees talk to us about this, you know, where they're like, I'm not used to this coming here where a client says this and it doesn't automatically mean you're fired. Like you get, 
your side of the story heard and stuff. So, you know, those are the environments that I had come from prior to my previous employer who really just empowered me to own um, relationships with our clients and, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest client we had. And it was one of those things where it's like, if I knew to your point earlier, this conversation was going to help move the needle, you got to have it, you know? And so it's difficult. I would say I probably had like more difficult conversations with clients than I've ever had with internal employees um, because clients, we know how clients can be. We've had some amazing ones throughout our career. We've had some that are like, you know, the ones I talked about that their shit doesn't stink and you work for me and all of that. And it's like, no, it's a choice for us to be here and working with you. So um, that's one that I know a lot of people struggle with. And I was talking to one of our um, internal employees yesterday when I, I talked about the episodes and kind of go over like, what would someone want to listen to? And is this good? I would want to know this. So would someone else want to know this? And um, she actually like put this on my radar that this is one of the things that I do well. And she's like, and you don't sweat it with these clients. You're like, can you guys drop off with the phone and I'm going to handle this. And I'm like, because I just view it as truly like you said, like moving the needle. I used other words, but it's like, this is, this is going to help us move forward and help us be successful. This doesn't have to be viewed as confrontation. It's, I would like you to hear my perspective. I would love to hear yours. It's a conversation. And I think that a lot of that is going back and summing this all up. It's mental. You have to change your thought process on how you approach these conversations and what you tell yourself they are. If you tell yourself they're difficult, they will be fucking difficult. Yep. You know, exactly. Exactly. I love that. And I hate, cause I know we're, we're definitely a little over time here. So I hate to cut this combo because I think that um, a different episode will be the difficult conversations you have with clients, because I know at techies, my thing was, we are not customer service. We are your partners. And that's very much where you and I align. Um, and I love that because that's such a huge thing. It's like, no, I don't just work for you. Like I, we help each other. Like I help you grow. I help you, you know, it's like, if you don't trust me, if you don't respect me, we can, you know, if you talk down to me, this is not a relationship. I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, we can't let them devalue us. And I feel like a lot of organizations that, like I said, that I've been at, that's, that's what it is. A client's word is like law and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, yeah, I'm not about that. Like this is, we're all human beings. We all deserve to be treated with respect. And yeah, I think that leading into my broke to boss tip, I would say that, um, this one, we already touched on it, but it doesn't have to be viewed as difficult. It's not a con- confrontation. It's a conversation. And you and I have said that to each other in, in our one-on-ones, but that's truly, it's change your mindset about what the conversation is going to be. If you go into it thinking it's going to be difficult, jamming the pin in your hand, <laughs> it's going to be fucking difficult. If you go into it with that smile on your face and like, this is just a conversation and keep telling yourself that, and it's not personal, it's business. I feel like it just, it to me, my mindset and my mental changes everything. So it's not confrontation, it's a conversation. Love that, love that. I even know some people that now have that post-it on their monitor. Cause you know, mm. whenever you see things like that, it's like you're reminded all the time. Yep, this is what I'm doing. Here's the intent. This will grow me and my career. I love that. Right. <laughs> and actually now people get to see us shimmy. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we just right. guys at the end of every episode. Now y'all get to watch now you get to see a shimmy. That's probably yep. not appropriate, but filtered. So, yep, unfiltered. So definitely, we love that that you're listening. Um, we love all the, like the outreach we get. Uh, it it definitely you know touches our hearts. No, it it, it feels good, um, and it also inspires us to do different episodes and, and all yeah. that stuff. So so thanks for that. Definitely subscribe and also subscribe to watching us on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube and leave Let's us some reviews. Time. We'd love some yes. reviews. Oh, yes. All right, thanks, y'all. Bye.